With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. It is a big weekend as the islands see a major milestone in reopening plans. The return of regular JetBlue service between Grand Cayman and New York, the first American carrier operating commercial flights between the U.S. and Owen Roberts International since the closure of the borders. The return of this first commercial flight from New York to Cayman carrying tourists is very significant to our islands. I'm very happy to welcome travelers from New York back to our shores to experience all the wonderful things that the Cayman Islands has to offer. Tourism Minister the Honorable Kenneth Bryan there. The first flight is tomorrow and JetBlue will operate twice weekly from New York to Owen Roberts on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Now to the latest COVID-19 update with Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee. There have been 947 PCR tests for SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 disease, since the last report yesterday. Of these, there are two positive tests in travelers leaving quarantine and 13 positive tests from the community, which include five children. Dr. Lee says there has been an uptake in the vaccination numbers for today. For the vaccinations, there have been a total of 110,130 COVID-19 vaccinations given across the islands. And of these, 55,819 first doses, which represents 79% of our estimated population at 71,106. A total of 53,421 people have completed the two-dose course, and this represents 75% of the population. 890 people have had a third or a booster dose, and this represents 5% of those over the age of 50. The Office of the Ombudsman issues general guidance on data protection issues that Cayman employers should consider before recording their employees' COVID-19 vaccination status. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Sollins has the details. The guidance will also be useful for companies that are considering requesting vaccination information from Caymanian and non-Caymanian permanent resident employees beyond what is required by the recent amendments to the Immigration Transition Act. Ombudsman Sandy Hermiston states, although the government is now requiring vaccination information to be submitted prior to the grant or renewal of a work permit, the collection of an employee's vaccination status by a government agency or a private sector employer must comply with the requirements of the Data Protection Act. The Ombudsman advises businesses to produce a written policy stating how employees' vaccination checks will be done and for what purpose. Companies cannot use this information for incompatible purposes, meaning purposes other than those for which it was collected. Any processing of personal data must be justified under the DPA, particularly if its use may have negative consequences for employees. The DPA requires employers to have a legal basis to collect and process personal data, including information on their employees' vaccination status. An individual's vaccination status is classified as sensitive personal data, given that it is medical data. This means that additional measures must be taken to protect the use of this data. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Sollins. Additionally, businesses and organizations must ensure that they only collect the minimum amount of personal data necessary, hold it only for as long as needed for the initial purpose, and ensure that it is held securely, with access granted only to those who need to see it. A 29-year-old West Bay man is charged with two counts of possession of an imitation firearm with intent to commit an offense. The charges relate to the Shedden Road and Canal Point shooting incidents that took place early Monday, October 11th. He was initially arrested by police on Wednesday, October 13th in relation to the incidents. The same West Bay man was also charged with several drug-related offenses contrary to the Misuse of Drugs Act. That includes 
two counts of possession of ganja with intent to supply, possession of utensils used in the consumption of ganja, possession of ganja, and consumption. The man appeared in court earlier today and was remanded in custody. He's scheduled to appear again on Thursday, October 21st. A 26-year-old West Bay man is under arrest, suspected of driving under the influence after a collision at a residence on Elizabeth Street in West Bay. Around 11.20 p.m. Thursday evening, officers responded to the report of a motor vehicle collision with injuries. A Honda CRV, which had been at the location, collided with two men seated outside the residence. The structure of the residence was damaged as well. Emergency services attended the scene, and the men were taken to the Cayman Islands Hospital to be treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Officers on the scene spoke to the driver of the vehicle, who they say appeared to be intoxicated. The 26-year-old was arrested on suspicion of DUI with a reading of 0.263 percent. He has been granted bail as investigations continue. The largest analysis of coral reef health ever undertaken shows a 14 percent loss of the world's coral reefs between 2009 and 2018. And while Cayman's reefs haven't suffered as badly, the longer-term trends for the Cayman Islands are not encouraging. Radio Cayman's Paula Cal explains. The Global Coral Reef Monitoring Network report paints a grim picture of the world's coral reef systems as the Earth deals with effects of climate change. Despite this, the amount of coral on Little Cayman's reefs actually increased 18% during that time period, a fact that is known thanks to the work of research professor at the University College of the Cayman Islands, Dr. Carrie Manfrino, who has been surveying and studying corals for decades. This includes the 1998 global bleaching event, where Cayman lost 40% of coral cover in five years, compared to an 8% loss worldwide. However, by 2010, many of those corals had recovered and new communities of coral developed. The conclusion, local reefs are resilient and can survive climate change impacts, but only if local pressures are removed. Dr. Manfrino says despite this latest report showing worldwide coral loss, if left alone, many of these populations can regain their footing. On the flip side, while coral populations have been growing locally, they still have not reached pre-1999 levels. Land-based pollution such as input sediments from coastal development and mangrove extraction, marine pollution and overfishing are creating, quote, unneeded stress, leading to problems like increased algae, decreased biodiversity and reduced productivity. Dr. Manfrino is encouraging the Cayman community and government to take action and prioritize real solutions to protect Cayman's reefs. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paula Cal. It has truly been a community effort, and now the Botanic Park is finally reopening to the public this weekend. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller speaks with General Manager John Lowris about the tremendous effort to get the national attraction ready to welcome the community after being devastated by a storm this summer. It has been a long couple of weeks and a lot of hard work, but you guys are reopening on October 16th. Tell me tell me all about it. We look forward to having the public back out into the Botanic Park just to enjoy a nice peaceful walk, a healthy walk amongst nature, and possibly a glimpse at the blue iguanas when you visit the Botanic Park. We've been closed since the passing of Tropical Storm Grace, which caused a lot more damage than we originally thought, and we're glad to have it open up to the public again. So what was the process of repairing and rebuilding like? 
Rebuilding uh, sections of the park and removing trees is always a little tougher than I originally thought. Some of these trees I actually put into the ground and having them come down many, many years after they've been originally planted has been disheartening. But the majority of trees that came down we were able to put up and otherwise we did some major pruning to them to hopefully get them back into a good structure again. How has this been made possible? Because you know, I remember that the Cayman Islands Regiment came out to help initially after Tropical Storm Grace passage. But your team, I mean, you've got lots of great people out there, but it's only a handful. We had so much help from the community, whether it be monetary donations, volunteer time, equipment time, Tony's Toys, Genesis Trust, private donors, the Garden Club of Grand Cayman, Robson Construction, Rotary Central, Domino's Pizza are just but a few of our, our donors and people who donated their time and expertise into helping the Botanic Park open. And when people come back this Saturday, will they notice anything? I mean, will they see the differences? Visitors will notice some changes in the park. Still don't have our nursery back in operation fully yet. Uh, we lost a lot of major shade trees at the entrance. Some of the most notable and, and favorite trees um, unfortunately took some major losses. And throughout the garden, you'll see new areas of sunshine that weren't there before because of the loss of large shade trees. And now what's the plan going forward? Still lots of ongoing work on the children's garden. We have been working um, with designers and uh, creators of these incredible um, climbing structures. The children's garden is is still under development. We have lots more to come on that. It's going to be the highlight of the Botanic Park in the next few years. And will kids be able to use the children's garden this weekend? The children's garden will be open from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. Saturday, Sunday, and all through next week through school break into the following weekend. We will also have a special bake sale on Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And don't forget about good mood food being at the Botanic Park Saturday and Sunday from 10.30 a.m. till 4 p.m. each day. So come out this weekend, support the Botanic Park. And that is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings.